Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Gratitude Unfiltered, presented by Live Mana Ministries, broadcast on the Live Mana Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. You can learn more at livemanaworldwide.org. Thank you guys so much for being here. If you're watching on social media like Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, any of those platforms, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends. Today, we are going to be discussing the keys to divine alignment. Welcome, everybody, to Gratitude Unfiltered. So blessed to have you here today. Um, it has been a long time since I've done a solo broadcast uh, with Gratitude Unfiltered, but I am so blessed you all here. Thank you again for, if you're watching on social media, liking, subscribing, uh, you know, all of that fun stuff. But those of you watching or listening on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, which includes um, podcast, online radio, uh, Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we've been so blessed to partner with E360 Television, which of course you can download their app on those streaming networks and you will find our lineup of shows there. And um, a lot of really cool, exciting things happening uh, with this network and then even E360. So this partnership uh, is something that means a lot to me and I'm just so grateful for uh, Aaron over at E360 that is basically helped birth an opportunity um, to make my dreams come true. So always grateful for that. Um, so last one, if you go back to any of the old broadcast and, and, and one of the things that you'll see, there's a lot of like mini series and things like that. But 
the one thing that plays out through the course of all gratitude unfiltered is you get to experience where I'm at spiritually in real time, whether I'm in a crappy mood, <laughs> whether I'm angry, whether I had a relapse, whether like it's all there. Um, but vision and dreams and visions are a big theme of gratitude unfiltered. And it took a woman, AKA my wife, it took her saying something to me that it never dawned on me. It, and it blew me away when she said it because she said, not everybody knows, has a vision for their life. Not everybody understands that those dreams are real for them and they just don't believe it. So some people just don't they quit dreaming. Some people just don't know how to have a vision for their life or some people just flat out don't have a vision. They don't get visions and they don't have this, that they're not getting those downloads from God. And then I thought, well, God, that means that I'm talking over everybody's head or not everybody, but some people's heads, unless they're a visionary, unless that they're a dreamer. I was like, I just assumed that everybody had that. You know what they say about assuming, right? <laughs> well, here we are, because that's where I'm at. And I realized that, man, okay, so now what? And and I wanted to speak to that group. I wanted to speak to those the people that weren't having visions and all of that. But it's been a couple weeks, and then... Finally, I, did, I felt led last night to, to research and go, okay, what does the Bible say about this? Like, what is what do people do when they don't have visions? So I stumbled upon uh, Pastor Cindy Trim did a sermon and released a, um, she released an article. And I thought, this is really, really interesting. Now, some of this I've made my own. Uh, some of it is borrowed from her, um, but I do want to give Cindy Trim credit. I went and watched some of her videos last night, and she's a powerful woman. I'd never actually heard of her before. So I want to give a shout out to you because I think Cindy, that or Pastor Cindy, Evangelist Cindy, I don't know what the proper way to call you. I think you're gonna you're gonna end up watching this. So I hope that I do this justice, um, and I'm doing very very the best I can to not take too much from you because. It sparked a lot of inspiration inside of me, and but I love the content that you have here. So this, I'm going to dedicate this episode to you, even though you don't know who I am yet. <laughs> All right, guys, um, let's get into this. Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to broadcast. It's, it's always my favorite thing, Lord. And I, I just ask that you, um, the Holy Spirit, that you flow through me, you speak through me, you give me the words and insight for every scripture that's spoken or every word that's even spoken to help me take it to a deeper level in a way that the audience will understand and be able to take and apply to their lives. Lord, I just speak double favor over people's lives that are watching and listening to this broadcast. Um, there's people that are struggling or uncertain, uh, people that have maybe step back in pursuing their destiny because of fear. I just want to speak life into their life right now. And I hope and pray that this, again, that this message today speaks to their heart and gives them the courage to go out and speak um, boldly and get after it. In Jesus' name, we love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being here. Let's get into this. Um, and also, really quick, I want to thank everybody 
that has supported um, our ministry. It means the world to me. It's pretty simple. If you want to support us, this is, we have a big vision, and most of you know it, um, but you can find us at paypal.me slash livemana. Um, we are a 501c3 nonprofit, so your donations, of course, you can write off. Uh, we have a big mission, and you can actually go to livemonaworldwide.org slash how we serve to hear and see the full mission. All right, let's get into this. Keys to living in a divine alignment. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing our mind is one of the toughest things to do, especially when it feeds off of patterns. It feeds, I mean, you think about it, you baseball players, oh, why, why was this coming from? I was horrible at baseball, but baseball players, you see them, they have those rituals when they get in the batter's box. And, but it, and I think that they do it over and over and over again, and they just build this habit and they develop this habit of what, what it is that they're doing. And so they have all those weird things where they adjust their buckle, do this with their hat, scratch their ear. Like <laughs> they do all of this crazy stuff. You do that kind of stuff long enough, you develop a habit. And then when you, you break that habit and you maybe, you, you, you maybe, maybe superstition. And then all of a sudden that superstition, you're not able to like dive into that practice of your superstition. It messes with you a little bit because I think we are just, we are creatures of habit. We develop these patterns. We develop these, these ways of doing things and, and, and these beliefs that if I don't do it this way, everything's going to mess up. Isn't it interesting though, that we don't do that when it comes to the word of God? I mean, I'm guilty too. But isn't it interesting? Like we do all of these things on our own doing, and it, I think a lot of it even happens subconscious, and then we just develop these habits. But, but when it comes to doing the same thing with the Word of God, the thing that's going to deliver us, the thing that's going to to to, to deliver deliver God's promises laid out for us on a silver platter, we don't do it. So we're going to get into some stuff today, <laughs> but that just like literally just dropped in my head as soon as I as soon as I read that. But but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and the way we do this again is applying what we learn in God's word over and over and over again, practicing walking it out. I believe my pastor calls it when we learn it. Practice it. Practice walking the word of God out in your life. You do it over and over again, you develop new habits. And the other part of this is, man, I may be jumping ahead here, but the other part of that is that we, our minds like to play tricks on us. And we're going to dive into that because how many times have you turned your life around or said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm never going to, I'm never going to drink again like after a bad hangover. And then of course, you know, three days later, you're getting to toe up again. Yeah, it happens. But, or, 
or maybe you're on a path to sobriety and and you're want you're committed to changing your life. And the first thing that gets wrong, like you're riding high for about a week or two, then all of a sudden something comes up in your life. Somebody attacks you with a lie of your past or it was true in your past, but not as a new creation. But you're not strong enough yet. You know, you you still have that pattern and those habits of of every time you get this negative thought or maybe even a perverted thought in your mind, you get it and you act on it because that's the habit that you've created. Anyway, let's get into this. Have you ever felt out of alignment, either physically, emotionally, or spiritually? I'll be honest with you. Today, I have. Like today, I felt out of alignment. I've been grumpy all day today. Not not grumpy where like I'm like complaining at people, but it almost feels like a a dead energy, and and a lot of it I think you know could be because I've I'm, I've started a fast and my body's starting to scream at me, and you know part of the discipline of fasting that I've learned in my in my very few moments in my life that I've fasted um, is that this is to strengthen us spiritually so all of these things that we we cling on to in the in the earth like in the in the natural whether it's food alcohol sex things like that we we hang on to those things and they're kind of maybe they're comforts but it's like a subconscious comfort comfort like we just do it because we're now we're used to doing it but the minute it's gone you get really uncomfortable and food, and I've shared this before, I've had plenty of weaknesses in my life that I've, and I've healed from a lot of those things and I don't act and I'm obviously, I'm not abusing drugs anymore. I'm not, you know, going out and being promiscuous. I'm in a committed marriage and happy. And I say committed marriage because I was not so committed in my other marriages. And, you know, and I'm not saying that because Jessica's listening. Like I genuinely am, like I genuinely love serving my wife. But I've, you know, removing some food from me, all of a sudden it's like, it's, it's, it's kind of a mind thing. And I'm having to constantly check in with God to, to even stay on the, the right path and not snap or not be moody. And, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of a, it's really interesting how that works to me. But so I've been off today and I'm not as cheery and loving and like, I didn't even want to broadcast, you know, I mean, no one's, I don't have half to have to broadcast I don't have to do this no one's putting a gun to my head but I, I I told myself well wait a second you love to do this you know this is your favorite thing in the world to do you're in a crappy mood well what's the worst that can happen people have seen you at your worst you know but I always want to present myself to be the best and in, 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 in a good mood but the truth is I'm not always today's one of those days and I don't want to go off on a tangent there but you know, have you ever felt out of alignment physically, emotionally, spiritually? Yeah. There are many ways our lives can get out of alignment with God's best intentions for us. When we stop being obedient, when we are stepping out of his love, his rest, his peace, even his presence, our lives can quickly fall out of alignment. So going back to something, so his love, you know, a lot of people, God, I had the strangest message last night. 
And I, I actually will save that because that will take me down a wormhole I do not want to get into right now. Um, his rest. God's rest, you know, there's a Sabbath day for a reason. And I think I don't think a lot of us practice that. And and I'm starting to be very convicted by not doing it, but I feel like I've got all this stuff to do. But it's kind of like when you when you tithe, like God can do more with 90% of your income than you can with a hundred. It's kind of like he rests, you know, on the sixth day. You know, like six days out of the week, he can do more with six days out of the week than he can seven. It, it's pretty, I think that that's pretty interesting. So, like, I haven't been getting as much rest as I should. So, I know that that can play a role, especially during fasting. His peace, his presence, his presence comes from worship. You know, have I been as dedicated to, to worship? Don't get it twisted. God loves prayer. God loves it when you spend time with him in the Bible. But, you know, to experience his presence, I believe his presence comes, I mean, obviously when he drops in on you and gives you a word, but his music, you know, the music and praising him, that's where you get to experience his presence in the, the most magnificent way. And, and once you've been in his presence, it's a place that I think there's a song that says, I never want to leave. And it's and it's true because it's it's just a place of peace that I I I can't experience anywhere else. So can you relate to that? Have you experienced a lack of growth recently? Have you felt like you plateaued? People talk about that all the time with like weight loss and working out. You know, like have people that care about how much they bench. I'm not one of those people anymore. I gave up on that, that that machismo a long time ago. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to, like, I, I'm not trying to impress anybody with how strong I am anymore. Um, if anything, I, you know, would like to. Never mind. I'm not gonna verbalize that. Anyway, um, <laughs> so if you've experienced a lack of growth recently it may have a lot to do with the fact that you are out of alignment, which I mean, when you hit a physical plateau, there could be something there too. You're out of alignment, like maybe go to a chiropractor. I don't know, but I know if you're not in alignment, things just don't flow normally as with maybe flowing with the Holy spirit. Just a thought. Many of us do not know that our lives are out of alignment. I don't know why, but the first thing that comes to mind is the, the, the frog in the boiling pot. You know, you put the frog in the pot, and I've never done this, so I can't say that it really happens, but I think this is the analogy that's used. You put the frog in the boiling pot, turn it up. It's like, ooh, like the frog's just chilling, having a good time, feels all warm and mushy and like just chilling next thing you know he's boiling to death like that happens and we get comfortable sometimes feeling we get comfortable sometimes and to the point that we don't even know that we're sick sometimes or we don't know that we're not performing at a high level it could be because of diet you know one of the quickest ways to 
you know, I always, this happens to me a lot when it comes to food is I get on this, I get so disciplined about what I'm eating or, you know, even disciplined with the intermittent fasting, which to me is like gives you a license to have that cheeseburger with not feeling guilty when you do intermittent fasting. But like, you know, I, I when I remove foods for me, like uh, gluten, for instance, I start to feel great, you know, and I'm focused, I'll eat less meat, more vegetables. Now I have all this energy and I'm like, wow, like I'm just on fire. But then I have a donut, which in my case, if I have a donut, I have 12 donuts. And then after that, I feel like death. But then I notice the next day, if I don't get back on the horse and start eating well again, I get into this pattern of like more sugar, more sugar, more sugar. Next thing you know, I've gained 40 pounds. That's real life for me. Like that, that's happened. And I don't know if that's happened with any of you out there, but you know, for me, staying the same weight, you can go back and look at any of my old pictures straight up. Like <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing because I've gained so much weight. I used to be 300 pounds or like two, I think it was like 286. So almost 300 pounds. So we can get we we can get out of alignment without even knowing we're out of alignment sometimes we are quick to blame everything and everyone we can other than taking a hard look in the mirror for why our lives are not working the way we want them to but more often we allow our lives to become misaligned because of socialization could things be the way they are because you are the way you are. What one thing can you change that can change everything? This is a powerful question. And like, ask yourself this, like take a second. What one thing can you change in your life? Maybe it's remove. Maybe what, what is the one thing you can remove in your life? That, you, that you're hanging on to, that you know you don't need to. Maybe it's donuts. Maybe it's cigarettes. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's a toxic relationship. Maybe it's you're hanging on to lack of forgiveness. Maybe you're hanging on to a secret. Father God, remove anything and everything from my life that does not belong there and serve your will. Father God, give the audience the courage to pray that prayer. You can change the way you think. Going back to the original point, um, I remember... Man, I, I used to be a head case. Like even after giving my life to the Lord, because I hadn't practiced, I didn't learn about obedience, first of all. Obedience became a thing. Like when I learned about obedience, it wasn't like, obedience is not a rule book. Obedience is freedom. Like everything about walking with the Lord is a paradox. To live, you have to die. Prime example. Forgiving others like you forgiving other people is really more for you 
even though it's really hard to forgive the person that kicked you in the face or choked you out or beat you or cheated on you, that gave you a, a disease because he was sleeping or she was sleeping with other people using drugs, We can change the way that we think about ourselves. I remember the meth relapse that I had, and this is after giving my life to the Lord, and I had a couple. But the the last one, the, the last, the very last one was I remember my mentor calling me, going, dude, like you say the worst things about yourself. Like you have this, like, and he was more or less that I had worthiness issues. Like I wasn't, I, I, I didn't feel that I was worthy of love. I didn't feel I was worthy of respect. I didn't feel I was worthy to make money. I didn't feel like I was worthy of a lot. I had trained and, and, and developed this habit of, of, of telling myself I wasn't good enough because I had so many failures in my life. So many failed marriages, so many failed, you know, you know the opportunity, when I had the opportunity to parent, I failed. When I had the opportunity, whether it was a, a you know, it could be an audition, a get, getting an audition to be in a part that I knew I was meant for, got rejected. Raise money for movies, don't get paid. Like I was just so frustrated and beating myself up. And he told me something that helped change so much. And it was about all of these conditioned habits. You're not good enough. You're always going to be a piece of crap like your father. You're always going to be a junkie. And I used to go, yeah, you're right. And then go back to my old life. And then my mentor said to me, when you get those negative thoughts, I don't care where you're at, what you're doing, you say who God says you are. You come up with a, a powerful statement to say about yourself. Say what God says about you. And God's promises are everywhere. How God loves you. In fact, you can message me and I'll send you a list of God's promises and what God thinks about you if you want. But I came up with this, I am a powerful world changer who enjoys every breath. I actually think that was his. And I changed it from time to time. I am a spirit-filled warrior who enjoys every moment. I am a world changer who enjoys every breath. Said it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. For three months, no matter where I was at, if I was in the gym, I was in a towel, <laughs> and I'm starting to have the you know those little whispers, like, yeah, you could. Yeah, you got a couple days. You could you could do some meth and you know get back on that app and start cruising for sex and you know like yeah you can have a party and then just get back to it. You got two days off basically. You can do whatever you want. I am a powerful world changer who enjoys every breath. I have the mind of Christ, and nothing will stop me from fulfilling God's purpose for my life. I have the mind of Christ and nothing will stop me from fulfilling God's purpose for my life. 
over and over. Again, even if there was people around, mind you, I'd kind of whisper <laughs> around, but you say it out loud because words have power. You can change your expectations. Change your expectations. Well, I expect great things to happen. I expect God to do great things through me. I expect to be used as a vessel for the Lord. I expect things, great things to happen. I expect great outcomes. I, but where I get disappointed, where I get off track and, and sometimes even get depressed is when I set expectations on others that don't belong there. I can't expect people to do things exactly the way that I want them to. I mean, it's one thing if you hire someone to do a job, but how many times are we expecting that friend to call that doesn't call or that our spouse or whatever to we set the expectations to do that for them to do something even though they've never committed to it we're expecting them to do it and when they don't do it we're pissed off at them and they don't even know why we're mad how many times have we done that i'm the worst at that typically but it's something I practice on working on. It's releasing expectations I set on other people. And I just worry about my own actions and how I show up, which, by the way, is not always good. I'm still temperamental sometimes, still a little feisty, you know, or if people aren't listening to me when they take my time, they want my time, they want me to help, and they don't listen to what I'm actually telling them. It's frustrating to me. Why'd you come to my help in the first place? If you didn't want to listen, if you just wanted to use your ideas, did you like what was the purpose? You know, so I tolerance is something I get to work on too. <laughs> what would knowing that God wants to use you to impact a multitude of people change your thinking about what's possible? How would knowing that God wants to use you to impact a multitude of people change your thinking about what's possible? When you think about God having pl plans that God has for you are bigger than you even know, when you think about that, and you think about, some of you are sitting here right now going, Filed for bankruptcy. I've got this wicked sex addiction. Can't stop cheating. Can't stop looking at porn. I, every every product that I invent, I can't get distribution for. I can't get the funding for my movie. Like and it, and you 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 look at that, and it's so frustrating. But what if you knew? that God's plan for you all along was to use you to, to bless and love and help a multitude of people. What 
what do you think your gifts are for? The gifts that you're born in with, the things that you're naturally good at, has nothing to do with you. Nothing. It's how God intends, your manufacturer, your creator, it's how he intends to use you to be of service to the world, to his children. That's why I say all the time your pain and trauma isn't even about you. Because the minute that you express it, God gets to use it. He gets to use it for good. That's why you shouldn't hang on to your secrets and your pain and your shame. Let it go. God is wanting to increase your influence wherever he has positioned, positioned you. <laughs> I put all, I wrote on here, did you leave your homeland? Did you get moved to a place you had no desire to go to? Did you take a job that you felt overqualified for, but like you needed the money, but you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm too good for this job. You ever been there? I mean, I'd say this all the time. I was in Los Angeles having the best time of my life. I mean, I wasn't making a bunch of money or anything like that. I was fake, basically fighting for my life to survive, but I loved it because I was getting to be on set. I was getting to act. I was getting to produce. I was getting to, to, to just work. I was getting to create. I was getting to broadcast gratitude unfiltered. I was doing all of these things that I loved. But if I had stayed there, I would have stayed in that place, meaning I would not have grown. I would have not achieved my destiny. I would not have achieved, uh, I would not have, well, where I'm at now would not be. I know that. Because I wasn't practicing obedience then. And obedience is the key. It's the secret sauce. It's, it's what... It's obedient, the, the walking out obedience with God and the Holy Spirit is the path that you're the path that you're walking on is the one that allows you to reach your destiny, what you were created to do. Straight up. It, it, it's it is the secret. And I wasn't practicing that yet. I learned that from Word of God Church in Oklahoma City, which is my home church, um, under the cover of Pastor Castillo. I actually learned it just as much. You know, he he was there to beat it in our head. <laughs> but, you know, it was a lot of the other guys at MBK, which is a part of that ministry, that really kind of helped. It was a culture of obedience. Not saying everybody was obedient, but there was a culture there of the practice of obedience. And for me, it was the missing piece because I was frustrated but I was still doing things what I believed was the right way instead of trusting the spirit inside of me that was saying, uh -uh, no, I want you to go this way. And I heard those words. If you do not do, if you do not heal all of the wounds of your past, you will never receive all that God has for you. So I went to Oklahoma, did that training. And now... Thought I was going back to L.A., San Diego. And now I'm in snowy Minneapolis and couldn't be happier. 
because going back to the point, God is wanting to increase your influence wherever he has positioned you. He increased my influence in Oklahoma City. Got to heal those wounds. Increase my influence. Increase my influence in Minneapolis. And now, little by little, it's starting to grow with the Live Model Worldwide Foundation, our mission, our ministry, everything we're doing. It's growing. Because God wants to increase you. Because if he's not increasing you, then you're just going to... It, it's got kind of like the same reason why God doesn't want you to be lukewarm. You can't work with lukewarm. It doesn't do anything. Just kind of like melt into the paint. I don't even know if that's a real thing. Your mind is spiritual, but your brain is physical. Your brain seeks homeostasis. If God sends you a word that challenges you to grow, your brain is going to fight it every step of the way. This goes back to the original point and talking about neural pathways and you know retraining your mind, renewing your mind. And this, I, I really believe this is why so many people don't have visions because God wants to give you all visions. God wants to show you what's possible. Like I kind of, I'm not going against what Jessica said because I know that some people don't get them, but dadgummit, it's because you got too much other noise in your brain that you can't hear it, you can't see it. You, you, when, you, when you pray, you don't stop talking to listen to God. Constantly distracting yourself to the point that God cannot talk to you, can't guide you, can't show you what he wants for you. That's why I believe that when we when we pray, I, be, I believe that we express our gratitude. We ask for forgiveness. We ask to, to we, we forgive, like the Lord's prayer is perfect outline for this. Because it clears space for God to step in. For the Holy Spirit to burn some stuff out. Less of me, more of you. And then when your brain starts to tell you that you need that fix, or you need that donut, you need that cigarette, you need that crack pipe, you need that meth, you need that <laughs> crazy sex. There's there, the spirit, there's enough room for that the spirit inside of you to go, uh-uh, no. And to remind you that God is with you and has plans for your life. And reminds you to retrain your brain. And it takes time, but it's worth it. It gives room for God to speak. Anybody that has been on a diet can testify to the brain's resistance to change. This is why breaking a habit is so challenging. It is. I I, I failed last night. At, I, so I'm on top of the fast that I'm doing. I'm not doing a full. I, the, I take a medication that I get to take. It's the HIV medication. I can't miss. And then you have to take it with food. There's You just have to for it to work correctly. And so I have to eat something. 
So I've removed a lot from my diet, but the other thing that I'm doing is I'm starting to intermittent fast again. Well, I broke that last night. I made it today, but I broke it last night. One feeling real good about myself for doing that. Stupid habit. You know, got hungry, wasn't thinking. And mind you, what I ate was healthy, but still, a little ridiculous. You can't just break a habit by stopping something. You have to break a habit by creating a new habit. This works by the law of displacement and the law of replacement. If you displace something, you must replace it with something else. You break a bad habit by replacing it with a good habit. A lot of people that quit smoking start going to the gym. It's interesting for me um, because even when I was like abusing cocaine and meth, I still went to the gym. Again, <laughs> like, I wasn't, I smoked for like six months when I weighed almost 300 pounds. Like, but that, you know, so like replacing stuff for me, really for me, it was creating. A lot of why I did so many gratitude unfiltered early on was because I needed the same energy. This is, I don't know if, if you know this or not, but the same energy that you use um, for, I'm sorry, your sex energy is also your creative energy. If that makes sense. And so I spent so much time seeking sex and drugs and everything else that when I stopped, that energy went into creating. And so I was doing three gratitude unfiltered a day sometimes. Like it was just creating. And, and, and it was it was great because I was able to share like the real-time struggle of what was going on, but there was freedom in that. You know, and, and it's it's like putting a spotlight on my shadow world it was like what kept me safe. It's what it, it, it elevated me. It, it 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 allowed me to to create and but also it kept me from going back and going back to those old behaviors. So I replaced it with creating. Because I had on the surface a lot of good habits. That's why I was able to hide so well. Because I was always at the gym. No one knew. You know, when I was out in public, I, for the most part, acted like somebody it was just fun. But it was when I would leave that I would be a complete deviant. But I hid that part of my life pretty well until I exposed it all. Um, too many of us use the enemy as a reason we cannot change. I'm going to... <laughs> too many of us use the enemy as a reason we can't change when you have have you ever those of you that are watching or listening have you ever prayed and asked god for something big financial breakthrough a new job or a, a, a movie part or whatever like whatever did you ask for you've asked god for something and you're cruising along and you're all motivated, you're going for it. And then all of a sudden, some obstacle plops in your face. That obstacle could be like temptation to do drugs, temptation to look at porn, 
temptation to go to an orgy. And I'm I'm using all examples, by the way. I'm using them the way that I'm using them is because this is this was me. Okay, these are the things that knocked me off my path. And I would skip that giant in front of me, a giant bill in the mail, something. This giant would get in front of me, and I'm like, God, God does it, man. God failed me again. God. Ah, the devil. Ah, the devil. The devil came after me again. Woo! It ain't always the devil. The devil can't do anything new. The devil can only use your old material. The devil's like is worse than a comedian that steals bits from other comedians. The devil can't write new material. He's not that smart, not that creative. He can only use what you give him. So it's either your past, or if you go off and screw up again, then he can use that to taunt you with. So why in the world would you get in your own grave? Again, the one that Jesus got you out of. So the point of that is, every time an obstacle comes in your path, it ain't the devil. It may be that God put it there for you to overcome it. Because when you do level up. When you do level up, you will see new devils. New levels bring new devils. T.D. Jakes said that, and I've completely stolen it. But it's true. So if you can't pass the test with these devils, how in the hell are you going to beat those devils? So you got to pass this. And here's the best news of all. This goes back to God's promises. Here's the best news. You were created to overcome. You were created to conquer every demon, every obstacle. In Jesus, the outcome is guaranteed. It's called victory. In Jesus, you are victorious already. It is already done. So when there's something on your heart to do, there's something that has been planted, a dream, a vision, when that has been planted inside of you, just know, have the faith to know that you've already won. You just get to go take action now. Even so, it's most possibly not the devil fighting against you. More often, it's our own wiring. We misfire because we are miswired. <laughs> God wants to rewire your mind so you think thoughts that will enable you to maximize your potential. God wants to reset your mind. I'm going to read this decree, and we're going to close it out. I decree... And say it along with me, just for fun. Or type it along, too. That works. I decree and declare your children are being redeemed from all evil. Your grandchildren and great-grandchildren and all of your loved ones are being brought back and pulled out of evil, not by your hand, 
but by the angel of the Lord. So I decree and declare your children are being redeemed from all evil. Your grandchildren and great-grandchildren and all of your loved ones are being brought back and pulled out of evil, not by your hand, but the angel of the Lord. Your thoughts are a precursor to your lifestyle. This one's big. I decree that however God shows you that you're going to live in the next two to three years, whatever vision he has given you, whatever prophetic word he has spoken over you, I decree and declare that you are acquiring the necessary mentality right now. Hmm, feels good. If you want to be the best in your industry, you must think like the best. You must act like you are the best, dress like you are the best, and network like you are the best. If you want to be the best in the industry, you must think like the best, you must act like the best, and dress like you are the best, and network like you are the best. Many of us don't leave the realm God delivers us from because we are afraid of what people are going to say. Guess what? People are going to say that you're a lazy bum if you don't try anything, so you might as well try. Because I will tell you right now that all of my failures have been public. Every time I've been arrested, it was freaking put in the newspaper. And it's, one of my arrests was national, made freaking national newspapers. Like <laughs> Everything I did was public. So, you know, fear of failure publicly, in which, by the way, in building this gratitude unfiltered from a phone to now having our own media organization and our own broadcasting network started on a phone. I Like, before I knew how to do graphics and promotion stuff, like, I, I no, I'm not, like, Everything I knew was self-taught, and but it was all learned through screwing up over and over and over again, making mistake over and over again publicly. People are going to judge you and mock you no matter what. They're going to judge you for believing in Jesus. They're going to judge you for not. Even if you walk with Jesus, guess what? There's going to be other people that say they love Jesus that are going to judge you like you worship Satan. It's just part of it. It's just part of it. And even after you give your life to the Lord, you're not going to be perfect. There's always going to be somebody that's like some spiritual guru that, that's above you that knows every Bible verse and they can basically can read it. Like, like if it was written in Chinese, they would know it. Like, because that's what they do is they spend all their time in the word and they study it. Don't pay attention to any, any of that. The journey with the Lord is an individual journey. It's an individual journey, and the sooner that people figure that out, the sooner that they can form into the body of Christ, which is us living in our purpose working together. Because we all have a different purpose, and if we're not living in our purpose, then the body cannot come together. People are going to judge you no matter what. Many of us, okay, I've already said that. I say, give people something to talk about. Because here's the thing. It may be that in your failure, somebody goes, okay, yeah, I see, I, I, yeah, I get that it didn't go smoothly, but the messaging was on point. 
oh, I see that this didn't go like, yeah, the, the footage was a little messed up, but this concept, wow, this is this has got something special behind it. That's all real. That happens. People do see the potential. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity. Maybe your mentor is watching you right now. The one that's going to step into your life, that's going to make a couple of adjustments for you, that's going to invest in your vision. But unless if you step out and are willing to give something, to, to if, unless if you're willing to give people something to talk about, that'll never happen. And I want to encourage you. The first thing I'd talk about is your testimony and what God's done in your life. That opens up everything. That's the supernatural power of truth. And when I'm saying share your testimony, I'm saying share all of it. Share all of what God has delivered you from and be honest about what you're still wrestling with. Give people something to talk about. It starts with a mentality. Your internal reality will express itself externally as the reality you experience. Whatever the realities are in your life, don't try to fix your circumstances, fix your thoughts. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. Show me your life and I will show you your thoughts. Are you ready to align your thoughts with God's divine purpose for your life? Are you? Heavenly Father, for anyone out there that's watching right now, just ask that you give them the courage to step up and step out and give people something to talk about. Give them the power to speak their truth, even if they later discover that that may not even be true for them anymore. Father, search our hearts. Search, search, search our hearts and, and remove anything and everything that doesn't belong there so that our heart is strong enough to correct our mind when our mind starts to try to play tricks on us and tell us the things that are not true. You are the truth. And those of you who do not have a relationship with the Lord, but you want a relationship with him, you want that relationship you want you know that you know now that God has a purpose for your life and you want it and your way hasn't worked simply like you're tired of being sick and tired that 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 old saying but it's so true father my life is not working out with me being in control so father i surrender my control over my life, I'm letting it go and I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you this addiction. I surrender the addictions. I surrender this anger. I surrender the lack of forgiveness. I surrender my own self-hatred. I surrender lying. I surrender this porn addiction. I surrender 
being an absent father to you. I surrender it all to you, Lord. My life is no longer my own. It's yours. Use it and use me for your purposes. I surrender. My life is yours. Pray that prayer. Even if you're a believer and you're struggling, pray that prayer. God having control of your life will make you the most powerful version of you, period. We love you. Um, thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you for sharing this out, no matter where you're watching from. God bless you. Um, really, really appreciate it. And also, you can go to paypal.me slash livemana if you want to support our ministry. Look, if you believe in our vision, if you want to learn more about, do I have it up here? I don't. Um, you can go to livemonaworldwide.org slash how-we-serve. Um, and you can find out all, all about our mission. You can find out about Live Mana Ministries, Voices for the Voiceless, Gratitude Unfiltered, our homeless outreach, uh, you know, just the ministry as a whole that we're building. We have big, big goals. And I'm getting ready to play a slide that'll kind of show you what we're all about. I appreciate in advance your support. Um, it really, really means a lot to Jessica and I. Um, but thank you for supporting this ministry because without your support, we got nothing.